So when you think about the four teams in the college football playoff, let's put aside Cincinnati for a second since they didn't have a loss, although I would say the Navy game came really close to being a loss. Probably not mad because I had money on the game. But um, there are three teams in there that had different seasons. So if you want to think about what you want to choose, is Alabama's struggle bus season and then one spectacular, really spectacular game, is that their season? Georgia's. 12 spectacular games, one not good game. Is that their season? Michigan, up and down, have played a little better, blew out an Iowa team everyone thought they should blow out, but also struggled to score points against the likes of Wisconsin. And who else was it uh, that they didn't score points again? So as you think about this game, don't let the last game be the narrative that rules what you think about. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 298 mm. of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, and this is the big Orange Bowl preview show that we've all been waiting for seemingly forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, last time that Georgia played was a handful of weeks ago, and uh, in 48 hours or less, depending on when you're listening to this, they will be playing once again. So, hope you enjoy the episode, and here's Will to kick it all off. And we are alive again. So. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just making we're sure. Back. Oh yeah, just in case you were wondering, this is why it's always so impressive when we have to do one of these live shows. And just to to give you a peek behind the oh so fascinating wait since last Saturday production curtain, right? That when we do a show as late as we are before the game, ordinarily when we do it like the Tuesday and the game is Saturday, Scott will polish it up. He'll make us all sound great. Polished. But uh, here we we do the old the old Bill O'Reilly and we do it live. Do it live. And so uh, that's why that's why it's so impressive that you got that in one take. I, I, I'm doing the uh, the the long game podcast with Elsie Granderson now, and we literally have a crew of like four producers. <laughs> and so like if they if they don't like a line, they're like do that one again, do that one again. Really? And yeah. all the time at the end of every episode, they'll be like they'll give me a list of phrases and i'll go yes mm-hmm. interesting wow. i see and they'll splice them in there they, they no, like that's, a, that's a great idea they have like a full crew it's like a foley sound yeah it's really wild and so uh so steps that makes it all the more impressive that you well, are you. you were able to nail that from the get-go hello everyone i missed everyone uh, well maybe you could splice in random cuss words of mine that absolutely mm-hmm. yeah uh, i see that's right and another one <laughs> interesting be, yeah and another one you can you can cut in on this podcast for me is like I will believe they will beat Alabama when I see them beat Alabama. Just cross, yeah. just cross that yeah. in. That uh, could go every, every year. Every time <laughs> you go in. Um, uh, but yeah, so we are here. Uh, it is, we are two days away when we're taping this. So we are at the very end here. Uh, we've, um, uh, there's been like a, a whole new, new COVID variant dropped uh, <laughs> since we saw you. So uh, yeah, there's, there's that going on. Uh, but JC's uh, so meta. Um, uh, and I, I would say, I, I don't want to go in the rabbit hole with this because it has their own thing on this, but I do say, I, I, I know there's been some debate about uh, debate. The, C, the, C, the CDC, them making the quarantine down to five days rather than 10. I tend to think personally that is one of those things that we all kind of need to be able to move forward in a lot of ways. Um, while I understand that people feel differently, but more to the point, if you are, say, theoretically, a sports team that's trying to make sure you don't forfeit a game, uh, the biggest game that your fans have been waiting for for a really long time, uh, that is helpful. Yes. <laughs> you notice how George Pickens and JT were on a plane. Like, oh, all of a sudden, right it's like, we're not going to see these guys. Like, hey, look who just showed up. <laughs> hey, guys. And, uh, and listen, we, you, we can joke about it, but like, you know, this has been the way I wrote about this for New York Magazine. This is a way that sports 
has been going for a while. This is why the NFL has changed their rules to be like, we're not testing asymptomatic vaccinated players anymore. Uh, there is the presumption that players, like, this is not, they're not playing games in an assisted living facility. I don't mean that right. to sound flip. I just mean to say that, like, this is a sport, like, this is, this is, uh, these are young, vaccinated, fully healthy players playing against young, vaccinated, fully healthy players and uh, who will only get to do this once in a lifetime. Uh, let's get them out in the field. And if they want, and I think that I, and I think the CD, I don't think the CDC did that because they wanted to make sports leagues. They're happy. Georgia fans. Yeah. 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 The Delta CEO may have had something to do with this. Uh, but I do think that, uh, uh, it, I think that it is much more likely now than it felt a week ago that these games are happening and this is going to be fine. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that, I think that's, I think that's, that's a relief. Look, and I have no change with, I, I, I've been an advocate. I think as you have too, Will, uh, and Scott, you as well. It's like there comes a point where we just have to start figuring out how to live our lives, whatever normal looks like mm-hmm. uh, in this. And now that we have a vaccine that is, uh, I don't know, y'all have not sprouted a third horn. Uh, <laughs> I'm not magnetic, unfortunately. Unfortunately, magnetic. <laughs> and I, I, I do not get 5G service in my teeth. Damn it. So, um, but but in, in all reality, as long as you're following the science as opposed to, well, we just got to get back to work or whatever it is you're following, which I also agree we should get back to work. But, you know, we're following the science on this. I'm fine with it. Let's go. Yeah. And it's it, it's time. There's a vaccine, guys. If you want to get back to normal and you're worried about being sick, anyone that's not vaccinated should be hmm. uh, worried about getting sick. It's time to get back to work. And, and, I, and, and I just think that, like, at a certain level, I think sports leagues – as I wrote my, I highly recommend my New York magazine. It was a good one. I was very happy with that one. And uh, about the idea that basically what sports are doing now is basically our future, which is the idea that yeah. like, you know what? We got to live with this. And if, and I know it feels weird because it feels like uh, we just spent so much. We went through flatten the curve. And I, I, I do think that in like 10 years, we're going to look back at like April to like June of 2020 and be like, that is amazing that they did that. Mm-hmm. That they actually were able to, other than a few stragglers, actually stay inside and try to do the right yeah. thing. I think it was a, an incredible achievement that I think uh, that is impressive. But the idea that humans were going to do that indefinitely yeah. was absurd. Yeah. And uh, and I think those still hanging on to that. While I understand, I also care about my community. And uh, but but the, but the idea that uh, human nature, and particularly, frankly, American nature uh was going to have people say no let's just continue like this was the weirdest thing after the election last year like joe biden's gonna do shutdowns joe biden was not doing shutdowns <laughs> like no one's like shut down that 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 horse is out of the barn and uh so i think that uh it is uh i i think that there is a, a grown-up way i know some people did not like the cdc thing i felt it was kind of a, a grown-up way to not just follow the science but also understand that science goes beyond just um, uh, the lab and stuff. And I understand also there's mental health, there is productivity, there is like uh, the last six months. I mean, the world is not back to normal, even when things felt like they were closer, right? Like we need people want to get back to that spot. And I don't think it's unreasonable for the CDC to uh, try to push that along a little bit, particularly with a, with the, with the new variant that dropped uh, that does not seem to be nearly as severe, particularly if you're vaccinated. 
Speaking of shutdown, two very good defenses are playing. Exactly, Friday night. that's it. Orange that's the end of the COVID talk. <laughs> that's the end of the COVID. What have we? What have we? What have we missed? What have we missed uh, since since all of this went um, down? Well, we it's for the first time this season. Georgia has named a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, both, uh, both. Finally, finally uh, Munkin got to, got interviewed. Like that was the joke. Yeah. This is the first time he's talked since preseason when he was just like JT's our guy. JT's our guy. And now, yeah. not so much. Yeah, Kirby. Kirby said it. Todd Munk. Todd, did I get right? Did right? Yes. yes. I've yeah. been practicing. His brother beat Missouri, by the way. His brother did beat Missouri. Um, I think I tweeted something about that. Yeah. yeah. Is it, is this, are like, we sure is this is sure? Jeff or Todd? Yeah. Which one is this? Um, so, yeah, they, they have come out flat out and said, since it's our starting quarterback, he's our starting quarterback, because we feel like he gives us the best chance to win. Okay. My next question. Yeah. Five more questions about quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. so, Which I get. I, I mean, know, I mean it's, it's not particularly fair. because another, not thing, fair. another thing that he said in the interview was, because he made it clear that this was, I mean, Kirby's obviously in charge of everything, but this was his, his decision. decision. And, his I, and I think that was key because and remember, this all started with him saying to Bennett, yeah, you're not starting. This right. is why he was four string last I, year. I think it's clear that Monken is making this decision because Kirby likes walk-ons. I think that <laughs> as long as we're clear on what the narrative is. Walk-ons from South Georgia. South Georgia, scrappy yeah. walk-ons. Yeah. Scrappy white guys from South Georgia. And listen, I still have questions. I I think there's reason to have questions about Stetson. But I also think that I don't think that this is anything other than what it is. They think Stetson Bennett has the, gives him the best chance to win. And I I may agree with that or may I don't agree with that, but I know that they see more stuff than I do. Yeah. And I know that they really, really like it turns out at the end of the day, they totally want to win these games <laughs> and and, no. and will make the decisions that they think will give them the best opportunity to do so that and I know I know and I, and, I, and I understand when you say that it sounds you have to be careful when you say something like that because it can sound like well so you can't criticism criticism because they know more than we do and I and I get that I want to be careful about the idea but I also would say that this like the idea this is open and shut to be like wow look what JT's done look how terrible Setson is ridiculous I think a lot of this has always been just like we said before the Alabama game, it's based on the idea that Stetson now twice against Alabama. That was not his fault against Alabama, though I think we saw that if they fall behind two touchdowns against a good defense, Stetson's not the guy to bring him back. I don't know why people think JT Daniels, JT Daniels is the guy to bring them back either. You just kind of can't be put in that position. But more to the point, they're sticking with Stetson. At this point, I would be... I do. I think the team is ultimately probably better with JT Daniels. I actually do kind of think that, and we may find that out when this next season starts. But right now, I I don't see how you could would put JT Daniels in that position and think, oh yeah, this is the right, this is the thing we've got to do with this team that up until one game ago was considered universally the best team in, in college football by a wide margin. Well, I think part of the the comments both from Kirby and Monken though that adds some, I guess, context to all of this is. If he's healthy enough, they keep saying that about JT. So, you know, we, I, I, I don't, because I'm not on the Georgia beat, I, I don't have, I generally am not, I'm generally agnostic to the, like, Kirby, Kirby would help himself if, if he just let media see more. I, I understand why people think that, and I, I don't disagree that it probably would be helpful for him um, to do that. The the but here, of course, is like I'm glad you brought up about the criticism that you can't criticize because I think it's one thing to you can criticize, you can question, but when it when it devolves from when you go from questioning to opining about reasons, that is when you go past 
mere criticism, right? Because I think we've all seen whether it's whether it's in articles on talking head shows or other places where people have said like, well, the joke we made it ago, right? Kirby just he sees something and he sees yeah. himself in Stetson. I promise you, Kirby's smart when he sits down and evaluates the four or five or six quarterbacks Harmony has in his quarterback room. He sees the the quarterback in Stetson that feels like gives his football team the best chance to win, and that is the sole metric that allows him to make that decision. For the record, uh, you also would not expect Todd Munkin to go up in the first press conference at the beginning of the year and be like, "Actually, I kind of feel like Daniels is the guy, yeah. but Kirby wants Stetson." Yeah. So, yeah. like at a certain level, there is message discipline. Oh, of course, uh, there's message. Discipline. But but five months ago, Stetson was the four string guy, so. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying, do you expect Munkin to show up and be like, yeah, it like, for the record, he didn't say I was wrong. But I mean, it was a key question. It's a key thing to ask Munkin because he's the one that put him as the four string guy in the first place. Like, right. he's the reason that he was so far. Like, he was kind of explicit about that. So I, one thing that we didn't get from that press conference was a sense of what Munkin thinks has changed. Or if or if he's changed it around Bennett, and I think I understand that. I don't think it's like well, it turns out that don't tell Michigan this. But the thing that sets it's really good at is this. And seriously, don't like are they, are they here? Don't don't you're not recording this, are you? Like you don't want to like I understand that you want to be secret about things. But it's also worth noting that like this is a press conference. Munkin is not gonna be the idea that you take every single thing that he says at face value. We, we wouldn't want him to. Like, imagine the disaster if he'd have been like, if he had said one word wrong about Stetson in that press conference. He'd have been like, yeah, I wasn't sure about him at first, mm-hmm. but he's coming. He didn't even say that. Though we all know he was down on him at some point. So the idea that uh, I think that they're on the same page, but it's also a reminder of how big of a bet this is, right? Because, I mean, this is, this is... Like, it is a big bet. I'm sorry, no, but No, it like, is a big... No, I, I hear you. It is a big bet, but it doesn't feel like a big bet because... It's worked twelve or thirteen games, right? It has. And and importantly, it, go. I'm about to say one importantly. I think the thing you hit on is is, is very important that Stetson is absolutely the quarterback to lead this team. And I, I don't think JT wouldn't be. I'm just saying he is. Certainly right also, now, right? And Stetson is also not quarterback. At least proof of 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 th- three games. Uh, he's not the quarterback to lead you from a, a two touchdown deficit. Again, well, I, I guess he did against Arkansas, but. Uh, it's Arkansas uh, last year. <laughs> last year, Arkansas. last year Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. But we also don't know the JT is so, and that's part of it. it and that's that's the other part of like there are, there are a ton of people out there just damn no. If JT were starting quarterback, we'd have beat Alabama. Yeah. I don't think JT could have covered Jameis Wilson any better than Stetson did. Yeah, and, right. And I would put it this way: if right, if they'd have gone in that press conference, says you know what, it's JT. Dumb. We're so dumb. Of course it was JT. What's wrong with this? I would be much more alarmed. <laughs> Even if I think JT Daniels is maybe the quarterback, right? That like, would be quite the heel turn. Like, that would be pretty shocking. I would be very concerned to be like, wait, so what is the decision-making process here? So the idea, like, it, listen, I think in the, yeah, like it's the Magic Game Fall. The idea, like, do I, am I inclined to think that ultimately the team is better with JT Daniels than Cesar Bennett. I am. Ultimately. 
But I think that right now to make that change would be a big red flag. Like if you trust the if you trust the staff, and we maybe we should, maybe I would argue you should. But like whether you do or whether you don't, they've gotten this far. To expect them to suddenly zag out of nowhere would be very, very alarming. Now, that, now we'll see if Cesar Bennett has a terrible first half, which we really have never actually seen him do in a long time. But if he has a terrible first half and you're down seven and he's been terrible, then you bring in Daniels, maybe. But uh, I, it's not like Bennett did that against Alabama. <laughs> like, he didn't do that against Alabama. His mistakes against Alabama were because they were behind and he was desperate. And they were mistakes, to be Ooh, very yeah. clear. Yeah. But there are mistakes that a quarterback that is desperate to get his team back in the game make rather than, um, you know, I watched, I watched Cleveland play Green Bay the other day and Baker Mayfield kept making, like, kept ma- like made those Stetson Bennett throws in the first half of a game that they were up by, by four. Like that, I, yeah. I have not seen Stetson Bennett do that. And if he's not doing that, I think he should be the quarterback. Well, neither of those guys are Joe Montana either. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. I mean, right. very few people are. Um, so the, the other, I guess the other big piece of news uh, are both Daniels and Pickens flew down Monday, mm-hmm. I assume on separate planes in their own <laughs> bubble wrap. Uh, but they both are going to be available. Mm-hmm. I, frankly, I think that makes that makes me feel a little better about the game, yeah. particularly as it relates to Pickens, uh, because Michigan's defense is good, guys. Yeah. And they, they are good. Man. They are good. Uh, but there are it, it creates another opportunity for mismatch because, um, you know, we're going to stare down uh, a whole lot of Aiden Hutchinson. and um, Who are they going to put on him? Or what guys? What multiple guys, guys are going to? Um, I think is he wrecked shop as much as say Jordan Davis or Devonte Wyatt has this year? I know he's gotten more press mainly because of, he, he, you know, he was a third finalist in the. He's Heisman probably game. as much Will Anderson as Will Anderson is. Yeah, he's I right. think that's the thing. Is but like, he doesn't have a good defense around him. Yeah, right. I mean, he's a different player, obviously, than yeah. Jordan Davis. Like he is. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a pro. Like he's clearly oh, a big pro top five. Yeah, and like yeah. whereas you know, I think that. He's he's what you want. Like he's like he's motor. A, he's gonna get sacks. Yeah. He's gonna get like that sort of thing. So is he like a Bosa, pretty much? No, nah, I mean that that would be blaspheme to say to a Michigan fan, but uh, but yeah, then we should. <laughs> um, he's like Bosa, but shorter and slower. And um, no, he is. Um, I mean, he. Well, his dad was the sack leader at Michigan. And then he usurped him this year. I think. I mean, the the good news is. He is not as good in pass coverage as a J. Bo or um, or, or any of the other linebackers, right? So there are opportunities there with your there are opportunities there if especially if you're twelve personnel where you're running two tight ends where um, you can buy some time, chip block him, and also send your tight whether it be Bowers, your tight end Bowers or Washington into the the vacated space and make a ton of hay uh, because you you're. You know, when you're showing that you're going to block um, someone like him with your with your tight end, you really don't have to do much more than disrupt his his rush for a quick, like literally a quick two step turnaround. Well, if you do a quick two step and turn around, like you you chip the guy and then you you do two steps and turn the balls right here. If you're Washington or Bowers, that's an easy five, six, seven yards. No matter what happens, um, and frankly, I think that's what. I, I would be surprised uh, if Georgia doesn't try that, especially early, to soften them up to get to get Michigan to back off the the heavy, um, the heavy like they they do. The, 
they like to do what is essentially called a, a mug, uh, where they bring and they try to stunt those linebackers and bring pressure with one of the defensive ends from from every every which direction. Well, the way you counter that is um, almost counterintuitively. You 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 basically try to run inside or do inside inside zone read to freeze them. Um, I don't think Georgia's been particularly great at, at zone read, although they've been really really good at play action. And you could actually do a play action where you chip him with somebody like Washington. Like you just – like literally like just – when I say chip, I mean just make him move, change his direction slightly. And then you turn and take off upfield and catch the ball kind of almost at your, at your – like behind you at your chest. And that is – if you don't have somebody right on him and you get Washington or Bowers, it, that's a ton of yards. And that, that basically causes the defense to like, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? Um you know the other thing they do defensively uh, is is they they've been they have been pretty good at, at stuff in the run. Um, a lot of the Big Ten teams do things a little differently than the SEC teams. Uh, you know, than, certainly than, than Georgia does. No, does the does the whole notion of the SEC team speed that they haven't seen all year does that come into play because they 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 pretty much handled Ohio State and you know, would think they man. would be the closest I, comparison. I think, I, I think top to bottom that is there. Is if that you a, were to say, is that kind of an old? Also, like, who's faster, Ohio State or Georgia? It's probably Ohio State, I mean, right? Probably. Uh, Georgia's tougher, right? Defensively, yes. Right. Um, I mean, offensively, yes. yes. Defensively, it's Maybe. a push. Right, right. But, but I think I think that is a little bit of I don't like the, I don't like to call it lazy narrative because it's not exactly right. Because if you were to put the number fourteen team was well, a bad example because you're talking about Vanderbilt, uh, the number thirteen team against another thirteen team in the Big Ten, is it possible that that team's so, uh, slower? Is it possible or slower? But Teams one, two, and three in the SEC, and teams one, two, and three. Well, maybe not because of Iowa. One and two yeah. in the in the Big Ten are they all have the same same speed on some level? So who's the yeah. who's the equivalent to Illinois in the SEC? Is it South Carolina, Missouri, Missouri? Missouri. Okay, is that accurate? I mean, uh, this year, yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe because I still feel like even like a team that's at the bottom of the SEC West is like like maybe miss not Mississippi State, but like <laughs> they're, uh, they're still angry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> see them fighting for the second year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think so. I think so, and I think um, and that you know th- this is the thing that is so interesting about this game, and this is why I feel like Georgia's advantage in this game is I mean particularly the way they play offense, they're very similar. They're very similar, yeah. and more to the point. The thing that was so impressive about that Ohio State game, like Michigan ran the ball down the throat. Like oh, that's how they won that game. Straight out physical. That is how they won. I think that was why that game was cathartically so exciting mm-hmm. for Michigan. Because not only did they beat Ohio State, they didn't beat Ohio State by like, oh, they caught a break late. Like they stomped on their neck. And in a way that Michigan has not been able to – I mean, they obviously have lost Ohio State a bunch. But usually Ohio State is just scoring a bunch and also just pushing them around. The fact that Michigan not only won, but won in the way that Michigan likes to imagine themselves winning. You know, Michigan, in a lot of ways, it, they think of themselves – as just to get the psychology of the Big Ten. They think of themselves as like, oh, Iowa and Wisconsin and now Belem and Illinois. They're trying to do like the le- – like they're like, they're like what they – if we didn't have talent – that's what they're trying to do. What Michigan is is like the highest level of that, where they do the Wisconsin, Iowa, Bielema, Illinois thing, but do it with like studs. And that's what Michigan tries to do. And that, that's been their goal. They'll go bigger than that. They had Desmond Howard. They've obviously been able to, to have guys. But, but generally speaking, their thing is 
they want to win exactly how they beat Ohio State. They want to show, they want to run you over. And Ohio State, I would argue, as big as, as well as they've recruited, they've become almost like, and, and I wouldn't say an SEC team, more like a Big 12 team, actually. Mm-hmm. Like a higher recruited Big 12 team. But like, they're, like, they're more like Oklahoma than they are like Georgia. I would say Ohio State or Clemson, yeah, yeah, and and so you're able to do that. I would argue the biggest. I'll put it this way: for Michigan to win this game and to do what they did against Ohio State, they're going to have to run the ball down Georgia's throat. I, even as rough as the Alabama game was, that's not how Alabama beat Georgia. No, and so it's hard for me to see. This reminds me a little bit of when. We used to always say that uh, before Kirby, that Georgia would sometimes try to beat Alabama the Alabama way, but they couldn't do it the Alabama way because Alabama does it the Alabama way. And another team, you see other teams try to do that. This feels like Georgia, like a team trying to beat Georgia the Georgia way, except Georgia has has the defense that it does. And I think that the they lost to Alabama. That defense was exposed in certain ways, but they weren't exposed in the way that Michigan's going to try to win this game. And that's the thing I think is most encouraging to me about Georgia. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and as you've been talking, there's the kind of the out-of-the-blue season for Michigan being similar to Georgia's out-of-the-blue season 2017 is not the only good comparison. The way they want to win a football game is a very good comparison. They want to They want to manhandle you. Right, they want to physically impose their will on you offensively. Uh, but when I think of Blake Corum, their running back, I don't think of him as being like more physical than Zeus or even McIntosh. He probably is not more physical than them, but the way they use him in in a perfect gameplay for them, he will touch the ball twenty five times. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and the common and they'll run the ball thirty five times or more, and and the quarterback will have none of those will be none of those will be quarterback runs. And for the record, he's been good. Like the quarterback has been well, good. Yeah, McNamara like, has gotten I, better. I think that gets lost a little bit. I think people act like he is like Oklahoma State's quarterback, where you're just barely surviving with. He's him. the guy Harbaugh wanted. Yeah, he's been better. He mm-hmm. has been better, and I think I think that gets that does get lost a little bit. I think it, it you could reasonably say that Bennett against him is. Maybe a push. Mm-hmm. I think you could say it's a push. I think I would probably give Ben a little bit of just of what he's done this year up until Alabama, and he but, and he can run. Yeah, and I but I think it's I think generally I think it's been a push. Well, McNamara cannot run. Yeah, yeah if McNamara is running, we are winning that game by yeah, twenty five points. So, um, and I think the other part about it is like look out for trick plays early. Michigan likes to flip the script by by getting fancy. Um, I think they they scored against Ohio State with a halfback. Pass touchdown. They scored against Nebraska with a flea flicker. They've done some, I don't know, I think they ran Statue of Liberty against one of the teams. And all these happen early to, as a, like a. That, could, that gets me thinking what trick plays has Georgia executed this year? Have they? I can't think of, like, like you remember the, the 17 year. I think we ran a flea flicker or something. Yeah, but that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's I, think Georgia, I think Georgia's trick play is. Um, Running the ball down your throat in the fourth quarter when with seven yeah. minute drives, or watch their tight end outrun yeah. the secondary of another team. Oh like Georgia's trick play is, is going. Was yeah. that team Tech? Was that team Georgia Tech? It was Georgia Tech. I watched it. Georgia's trick play is going for uh, fourth and three from the fifty. <laughs> like, that's that's <laughs> <a> crazy bastard. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I think it's right, but I mean, also, I mean, this is the thing, right? This is the thing, and this is why. 
fairly or unfairly, there is a sense, and I've seen this in previews of this matchup, there is a sense that in big game moments, people will give credit to Harbaugh over, or anyone really, over, over Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and it's, I don't think it's that Kirby, I mean, Kirby's made some mistakes, but every coach makes mistakes. Like that's, I do not like think that Kirby Smart like freezes up in big moments. I think, I, I, I don't think that. I think, I think that, and I, we've seen mistakes. We've seen mistakes. We've seen mistakes in big games. But I don't think it's because he's been like freaked out. Uh, I think he got outcoached in the SEC championship game. I don't I think agree. there's really any question about that. But I also do not think that he's, you know, uh, out of his depth. Uh, yeah, I don't. Or, or uh, what was the uh, what was the Carolina football coach that uh, Rivera? Yeah. Where it was always like he would freeze up and like hmm. make mistakes. Like I don't think it, I don't think it's that. But I do think that perception exists because. Kirby rarely gets out of his comfort zone. That's I actually kind of love your trick play notion because it really speaks to a thing about the way that Kirby Smart runs the program, which is basically, yeah, we don't need to do that shit. Yeah. Like, we don't need to do that. We will put our guys... And I, I think he's been rather explicit about that. He's talked about that with recruiting. I will put my guys against your guys and I'll beat you. And this, to me, is a great example of that approach being really solid because the way that Michigan's trying to win, Michigan can do that to Iowa. Michigan can do that because I think that's how Michigan generally is putting together their team too. They're able to do that against Iowa. And this year, they finally be able to do, do that against Ohio State. Georgia does that against everybody. That's how Georgia plays. The idea, when you look at this game, you're like, I love that you said like Michigan may is going to do some trick plays. That's totally true. Georgia ain't doing any trick plays. Like Georgia is going to try to win because their guys are better than your guys. That approach seems to make a lot of logical sense to me. It makes sense. But when it doesn't work or another coach is more innovative or another coach sees maybe a flaw in that or knows that's what you're doing going in and tries to exploit that. And can plan around it. Yeah. And can plan around it. That is why I think that's why Kirby got out coached in the SC championship game. I think that he had a plan for how that was going to work. And that's why they didn't blitz. He's like, Auburn blitzes. <laughs> Auburn blitzes. We don't need the blitz, and I get it. It makes it totally. I, I like. I'm not criticizing the strategy. It totally makes sense. When you've got five star for five star, you're, you've got these great recruiting classes, but it leads to, it leads to, um, you know, the uh, the uh, revolutionary army hiding in trees while you are marching forward through the streets, expecting this is how you're supposed to play this. And uh, the question is whether Harbaugh is that guy. And I think that's why Georgia has a lot of advantages in this game is that I don't think Harbaugh... I think if he if Harbaugh does a bunch of trick plays, I think that's them getting away from how they've won a lot of games, specifically how they beat Ohio State. And I think it speaks to them knowing Michigan usually wins games, <clears throat> and this year definitely has won games because they think they have a talent advantage and a scheme advantage. If they start doing trick plays, which frankly I think they will, I think it's an admission that they know that like, oh, we're like Georgia except not quite as talented. And so we have to do this extra thing, whereas nobody thinks Georgia's doing that. Yeah, I think the other part about the other part about this is like if I, I'll be honest, I mean, I'm glad we're playing Michigan and not Cincinnati. I mean, there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. First off. Because if you're playing Cincinnati, you have the added pressure of being the first mm-hmm. team to also, lose to they a are still furious. Fear- exactly. They're furious about, that game, about last year. that game. Like they want, and Georgia. they are a really, really good football team. Yeah. I mean, so we had yeah. this. We had was, we had thought exercise over, over Christmas yeah. at my parents' house. It's like my, you know, because my dad's a Georgia fan. He's from South Georgia. He's like, oh, Cincinnati. They go, they go seven to five in SEC. It was like, 
no chance to add. They would have gone. They'd have finished second in the SEC yeah. East this year. Yeah. Period. Oh, yeah. Full yeah. stop. Oh yeah. They're a very oh, yeah. good football oh, team. That was like, is a question. I think they finished second in the SEC West. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Mississippi's. Mississippi, Mississippi is uh, Cincinnati, but with a less Catholic uh, uh, coach. The um, I don't know. so I don't know if you get to be. Le- it's possible to be any uh, more Catholic. I think everybody's everybody's more Catholic. More Catholic yeah, everybody's more Catholic than Kevin. That's what I'm trying to say. So and speaking uh, of speaking of Catholic, I, I'm I'm sorry that we were not producing podcast episodes when Brian Kelly showed up to LSU and, and left Notre Dame because, yeah. and then all this, the, the, the subsequent social media stuff yeah. that uh, from the, from the fake accent to the <laughs> dancing guys, I've been faking my accent all this time. <laughs> it is worth noting, when I moved here in 2013, I did not be like, so how do they talk down here? Yeah, like, he just like, to, Will was like, well, what you gotta do is run the football and family. Saying, what we did with dead span back in the day. Yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> the, the, the thing, the thing that I was telling my kids, about the the fake accent thing, I was like, Southerners, we don't enunciate every single word out of our mouth with a drawl. Well, Brian Kelly, and Nick accent. Cage, do Nick yeah. Cage. Okay. I, although yeah, it was Nick Cage, it was. But the, he's like doing a comment on Southern accents, whereas Brian Kelly was just trying to impersonate. I mean, no, I mean Brian <laughs> Kelly's was worse Southern accents. Nick Cage, Nick Cage, and Con Air. Yeah. Easy. But Nick Cage is like <laughs> when Nick Cage is doing that accent, he's like knows that you know that he doesn't <laughs> have a Southern <laughs> accent, so he's just going completely big and having a blast with it. Brian Kelly was actually trying to persuade people that he <laughs> has an so accent, great. dude. That entire <laughs> so entire funny. five day, all the LSU people. The First Brian Kelly eating gumbo south of I ten. Oh <laughs> it's like everything. Oh it's like, Brian Kelly learned how to pronounce chupatulas. Oh, <laughs> just like so all of it is spectacular. Do you think he'll be successful there? Uh, it, that's a harder question. I mean, he sure. has the capability. He's a very, very good football coach. I think there are two things I have I have to worry about. I don't know whether his style, way he likes to coach, and let's put aside, you know, let's put aside killing a kid, uh, and and the Title Nine crap there. Um, I don't know that his style of coaching is going to resonate um, with LSU's players, especially after having such a player coach in Ed mm-hmm. Ron. Second off. It's either going to be really spectacular or he is going to end up walking home from a banquet in Lafayette because people are yeah. like, I ain't putting up with this. Toy. Yeah, I, I have to say, I feel like the Lincoln Riley thing makes so much more Oh, it's sense a good, spectacular hire. Great hire. I, so frankly, much I think sense. Napier DeFore is a great hire. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, that's we, we, we got a whole offseason yeah. to talk about yeah. that. But that is the exact wrong, not only the wrong dude, yeah, but like sorry. everything he's done, Napier, everything he's done since he took over, it's like, oh, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Off, guys. And, uh, yeah, guys. Like, yeah, we got three years. We got three years for the singus, like yeah. Florida, Tennessee, and, and it may 90s. be fun in four or five years. Maybe oh, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think this has yeah. all the potential. But like this, that Florida moment, that moment, in the same way that Florida took advantage and Tennessee took advantage and Missouri took advantage yeah. when Georgia was having its low period, like Georgia had, like listen, Georgia's been awesome the last few years. No one's doubting that. But like the SEC East has not been at its best. Agreed. He's they're coming. Like I, I like that he's the right guy. He's doing the right things. We can listen. This it reminds me. If I may do a Cardinal fan moment, when the Cubs hired Theo Epstein, 
it's like, oh, damn it. They get it. Yeah. They get it. This is going <laughs> to be a problem. This yeah. is going to be a problem. And it was. And yeah. uh, so I think that that's coming. We don't have to worry about that now, but I think it's worth keeping an eye on in the future. I am glad you brought up the Brian Kelly thing, though. It was so funny. I, I, I thought of you. Every so time he showed thoughts. up on my Twitter feed, I thought, just, what is Tony thinking? How much is he God, giggling right now? Like I so missed you guys. Fun. For crying out loud. It's only things we need to Yeah. And I'm sorry we weren't able to get together. It's just the family travel. Will had to go work or something in New York. I had to work. You were. I mean, I was at my parents. Yeah. We had lots going on. I was here waiting for y'all. I, know. I mean, this setup's been. I've just, you, you notice the bourbon is lower, uh, yeah. so I've just been taking Thank you know, little nips Jennifer. in the evening. I understand. Yeah, I understand. yeah Jennifer, really. Um, yeah, way soon. Um, but yeah. I had to go buy another one today because I was like, Jennifer, you drank all their bourbon. That's fine. She's welcome to That's good for crying out loud. Holidays are a lot. Holidays yeah. are a lot. But yeah, no, I think that like it is, it is exciting to be back doing this, and it's exciting to like. I've, it's weird because. The vibe has been a little weird. Mm-hmm. About it has been. been. Felt like it's, George had a losing season. Yeah. After that well, it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I think it bears talking about for a minute is the general psyche after the SEC championship game, right? Will and I gamely fought through uh, a tough mm-hmm. uh, podcast afterwards, but it took me the better part of a week to be excited about uh, emotionally excited. Like, you know, rationally, I was excited that we're in the playoffs and that, you know, and we make fun of this term, but it's true. All our goals are still in front of us. Yeah. And and that's what led me to talk about the thing that, that I talked about in the cold open, which is because, okay, is our, is our football team the one data points, the most recent data point, or is it the team we saw yeah. for 12 games before? And, and I posit it's probably a combination thereof. Yeah. The great news about that to me is that we were talking about Kirby smart coaching. He's not a dumb coach yeah. in, in, it, I'm not saying that someone can't do what Alabama did against us again, but that someone better involve another Heisman winning quarterback and probably a receiver that might have belonged going with him to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it better not be because, and I don't think it would be, because we damn just refused to adjust our defensive alignment, particularly on those drag routes, right? So I, I think it, uh, I think it does bear. It does bear thinking about the, the general psyche. Now, I, I have I thought, man, this is going to be 70, 30 Michigan fans. Might still, but I've seen some stats from StubHub that about um, a little over a third of all purchases on the aftermarket come from Georgia zip codes. Less than 20% are coming from Michigan zip codes. And Michigan has Illinois. They have a, they have lots of other states. That are sure, sure, there, sure, sure. Yeah, and Michigan has a more Not, Georgia has no fans that live outside the state nope, of Michigan. No, that's it. They all, they uh, all live Georgia. in the four they squares. Never, they never um, but, I, you know, I guess there is a, a level of um, – I think it is interesting when you think about what that game could look like because – from Scott, you didn't get you didn't get Orange Bowl tickets, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the 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 cutoff was fairly high, um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see where we are. I don't know if you saw the new SEC short um, that hit me yeah. right in the fields, yeah. and uh, I agree with Georgian the, Hope again. Georgian Hope. I'm going to have Harris a. I'm going to wait till the off season for my SEC shorts hot take. I'm going to wait till the off season. I don't want to be bad at me, but mm. uh, like literally, she's out of focus like five times in that video. Like it's a professional yourself. I'll, like she's literally just will go out of focus in the middle of a take, and no one just says we should do that again. We like, should. We should get Josh. Snake. They don't have a guy pulling focus. I guess. I yeah, guess it's, it's just weird. Like, yeah, we should get. We should get. Josh like Snake. it's a great idea. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hot take. I'll we, hold should, my hot we should have a, a, a fill an off. We should have a full off season of like all this crazy like film discussion and everything when it comes to. 
internet videos involving George. No, I will say is uh, I have had several friends. Apparently, they're on Cameo now, and I had a friend of mine yes. send me a video of the the woman that plays Hope. Uh-huh. Uh, she appeared uh, on Cameo for someone's bar, bar mitzvah, uh-huh. and like showed up at the bar mitzvah, uh, didn't show up, but like did a video for the bar mitzvah, just saying, "Hi, I'm Hope. I'm here for you and all of your Georgia fans. I won't break your heart this time." And I think the conceit that they have is very clever. Oh, it's yeah. spectacular! It's a very very clever, oh, there, it's a very this clever has conceit. been a fan. Yeah. Has to season yeah. I just wish the production like the writing was a little sharper and the productions were a little better but the conceit is brilliant the conceit is the yeah. idea the fact that, they write that, it there's a behind yeah. the scenes yeah. of how they produce right. these videos is yeah. pretty fascinating yeah. the, the idea that like just the general notion that Georgia and Hope are in a dysfunctional relationship yeah. is a very clever idea yeah. it's a very clever idea and sometimes truth is inspiration for uh, <laughs> fiction um so I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up just because yeah. I think I think the I think the fan base is in uh, still feels some sort of way. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's why they haven't given seven hasn't been a chance really for two years. It's well, because if, it's if you Alabama. look at Georgia Twitter, everybody's angry at everybody that they yeah. need it's, to play this yeah, game soon. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely we all yeah we need to get a room. And, I, and, I, and for the record, I want us to remember that when when if they were to, for example to win this game and then maybe win the next one, that's like this was not maybe this that's the way it had to go. Oh maybe that's the way it had to go. I'm gonna see the sunrise because but Square. literally all it requires is I just feel a obliged to remind everyone that all it requires is winning on Friday and then winning one Just more two game. more ballgames, guys. <laughs> We've done it 12 times. <laughs> and and we'll see. Alabama says name will be beforehand. Who knows? I, I'm glad that game is first. I yes. think we're all glad that game is first. Like, I'm personally very pleased that Alabama is his name first. I'm going to need a little warm-up. I'm going to need to... And I, regretfully, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be in some stupid parking lot in Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, not, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make that sound so bad. It's just like... The parking situation there is a little oh, yeah. is, yeah. is 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 maddening. Um, okay, allow me for a second. So, people got mad at the Braves moving to Cobb County, but the Miami Dolphins <laughs> play twenty eight miles from Miami. I know, I agree. In a parking lot in what is it's essentially Gwinnett County. I generally just say that like that's Florida. I assume that any Florida team just plays in Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just in Florida. Like the idea, like oh well, you're not respecting Tampa proper. Who respects Tampa proper? Tampa Atlanta proper is a them. real city. That's My, right. Yeah, Miami has South. Miami has like stuff, but Miami is already a series of disparate parts. I feel like Atlanta is Atlanta. That's. Uh, so in the but, same way that like Chicago could not have a team in Arlington Heights and reasonably call themselves Chicago. But New York teams can play in New Jersey. Yeah, well the football teams can because there's literally no place to put a football stadium in Manhattan. So it's just it's it it's frustrating to me just because the look, I, I thought thought about this as we, as we were starting in the past five years, Georgia has played in uh this will be the fourth of the six um fourth of the six bowls, um access bowls, right? So um because we've done rose, sugar, yeah. I haven't peach, done cotton or fiesta yet, and, and now orange, right? And I've never been to Orange Bowl, so I'm. I'm, ex- oh, I'm yeah. The reason I'm going this game. When is, are you leaving? What's your What's your schedule? I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm taking my 16 year old daughter Maggie, my wife, uh, as she put it after the SEC championship. I can't stomach this shit now. I mean, listen, and, she's not alone. Quote unquote. She's not alone. Direct quote. And she's my daughter alone. was like, "Dad, do you mind if I go?" I'm like, "Of course you can go." Uh, she badly wants to be a red coat, so she is. Yeah. She is fired up back on. Uh, so we're leaving tomorrow evening. We'll come back during the day on Saturday. Uh, Wayne and Tiffany and, and and some of our other friends are flying down, meeting us down there. Um, but we earlier just doing a, I mean, we're big tin style in this thing because <laughs> yeah. it's in a parking lot. Uh, you yeah. know, we're going to grab lunch, go to the hotel, eat lunch, and then the parking lot's don't open until three, yeah. I think two thirty, and we're going to be. How there. far away is your hotel from the from? 
Uh, 15 miles, yeah. 45 you have minutes. parking passes there? We have parking oh, passes, um, like yellow light outside. Because yeah. I was there for the Super Bowl that Kansas City and... Yeah, and, and yeah. So, yeah. And, but I think I did the same thing I do with the Super Bowl this year, and frankly the same thing I do with the National Championship game. I get an Airbnb within walking distance. I tr- there's no Airbnb within walking distance. I know, I just did it a year before. <laughs> I planned. That's, yeah, that's well, why I'm I, I, No, Will, I've been looking at Airbnbs. Oh, I have yeah. an Airbnb. I had an Airbnb with walking distance of Cotton Bowl. I have, yeah. I have an Airbnb yeah. of walking distance of Lucas Oil in Indianapolis. I... The closest Airbnb oh. I could find was a mile away across two interstates. Yeah, no, I, and, I get it. I get it. So I'm just I like, get it. we'll just stay. At but I mean, the only reason I'm able to get one is because I literally do it a year yeah. ahead of I know. time. I know. <laughs> so, I know. You know, that's um, the stadium the cat fell and they caught him in the yeah. flag. I that stadium is <laughs> can fine. You feel, that's the wrong song. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they held it up. They held it up like Lion King. <laughs> can you feel love? No, uh, that's the wrong song. Uh, no, that's the right wrong song. Yeah. That's it. No, it's from the same movie, but okay. it's the wrong oh, song. I, I haven't seen the movie. We're, let's just not do like like African chants right now. That's why. <laughs> but why? I would say that the uh, I this that theme is fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. So I, I was I'm there. Going to check the box. Yes, I was there in like '92 for a Marlins Rockies game. Is it pretty much the same? What's the new stadium? I don't think that's a different stadium. Yeah, Pro player, stadium. yeah. Didn't the, they it, just put a half roof on it and call it? No, I think I think it's a new thing. It's, it's a new, new stadium. Thing. Yeah, it's okay. a new I thing. thought it's a new thing. Yeah. It it's a Miami the, Gardens yeah. now. Yeah, it's, it's out there. Um, it's really far. It's really it's near far the Calder because it's it's, it's Fort Lauderdale. That's where I, was, I saw the Marlins. Was it? I don't when know when they played in. Because they've always played in pro player. Everyone can, uh, or they did before they. Moved. I'm sure people listening will have the answer to That's this fine. question. Let's but, get some confusion. Um, That's fine. I was. I've never. I never went to pro player, but I think. It, I feel like it's. It's. It certainly seemed newer than that when I was there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right. Um, but I would say. I. I would say that it is very. It is definitely by nothing. It there's is, a horse track nearby. There's a horse track in this casino. Okay. And uh, but that's. Uh, that, I mean, again, that's Florida. Yeah. But like, it's not. Scott's right. Well, they play there. Look at that guy. I'll be dog. I mean, if you can believe Wikipedia, Will and it's his own thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But uh, uh, I, it's it's nice, but it definitely feels like, like, listen, I don't like Jerry World, but Jerry World, you feel like you're having an experience mm-hmm. when you're at Jerry World. I actually kind of, it feels like late stage capitalism every time I'm in uh, Jerry World, but it's impressive like it's there's a, it's a billion dollars it's, it's just it like mercedes-benz impressive or is oh no more? i like mercedes-benz a lot no i mean but as far as that like oh wow this is really cool it's really more that like like it i can't put it better than it feels like late stage capitalism it feels like oh this is this is the everything that i thought texas was oh, is what this okay. building is okay. whereas mercedes-benz stadium i think is actually just like a really nice stadium okay and so uh so is it more like biff's pleasure palace and yes, back to the future it's Park? much more Biff's. <laughs> i mean like there are literally stripper poles in the upper deck there are stripper poles in the, no, they don't they're not called stripper poles <laughs> no but they're stripper poles oh. and uh, it's yeah it's very Tony's look on what, his face. they call them first amendment expressive dancing poles or <laughs> they call them they call them uh, don't tread on me poles um, but it's very you know it's uh, it's it is if you, like the, th- the story I always tell about that was I was there to cover the final four the year that Connecticut won and Shabazz Napier was the best player on that team and he had given an interview the day that morning that, that day's New York Times saying yeah I'm the best player on the best team here. And I literally cannot afford to eat lunch because, like, we just don't have we don't have money for me. And it was right when the NCAA stuff was mm-hmm. all happening. So I was there, and I watched him give this speech where he talked about the same thing after they won the game. I'm like, wow. And meanwhile, like, the, 
like this 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 is this is uh Jerry's billion dollar diamond encrusted stripper pole palace as Shabazz Napier's trying to find money from lunch. Like it felt like very gross. Was that where it feels different when the Cowboys play there because yeah. that's like the whole thing. And but what's that? Was that where UConn played Butler? or Was that the second? No, that was no, that was, that was eleven. That, oh, no, no, Duke, Duke, UConn Duke played Butler. Butler. Duke played Butler because yeah, I went to that yeah, game. Yeah, right, right. I've been to a national championship game yeah. with one of my teams in play at Lucas Oil. It's New Orleans this year, Came by the way. Sand. New Orleans this um, year. So tell me more about the stripper poles. <laughs> yeah. There was nobody on the stripper poles. They were just they were just. I up mean, there. Th- that's another fun thing that you could do in the off season because I know down in even Jacksonville they've got the pools in each corner of the end zone like all these yeah. stadiums like with weird is, is that Gator Bowl the last time we played a Big Ten team in the bowl season because we went to that game in Jacksonville Penn State, Penn State. probably yeah yeah we went to that game in Jacksonville they played Michigan State two years in a row in Nebraska yeah it was 59 degrees and there were a lot of super should have been wearing shirts because they have been have not been in the sun in a while Dudes in the pool. Yeah. It's always the dudes in the pool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. 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 At least they don't want to go to the pool. Um, so, but anyway, so yeah, so big game. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I think we should, before we do uh, our, let's, I know you have some stuff. I also want to sure. talk briefly about Cincinnati, Alabama. Okay. Um, since that is a mm-hmm. semifinal game that's being played. Um, I, I, I don't think, first off, I don't think Cincinnati's going to win this game. Okay, I, I think Alabama's too good football team. I also think Cincinnati's going to give them hell. I think that game is going to be, not to get too far in front of what I'm going to say about Georgia-Michigan, I think it's going to be the more interesting of the two games. Um, I don't know if it'll be closer, but it'll be interesting. It's no, definitely no, no, more I, interesting. I'm not saying it's closer. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying more interesting. Yeah. Uh, that, that feels a lot like a game where – as we are trying to get situated in our in our tailgate hell spot and parking uh, lot in Irana, um, where we're trying to pull ESPN Plus on our phones because it's there's some wackiness in the second. I mean, quarter. that's that you talked earlier about fake punts and, <clears throat> and trick plays. That is a you fr- have Michigan. I mean, Michigan. Cincinnati has nothing to lose. Oh, in this and game for crying out fickle. It. It's you can make an argument if they had not made the playoff. He's the coach at Notre Dame right now. Yeah, probably. Or maybe the coach at like there were plenty of opportunities that he had, but like he can't he can't pull a Brian Kelly <laughs> and and, and well his accent is better <laughs> and so like at a certain level he's going for it and bless him like 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 I don't know what's going to happen with that game but it is gonna I'll put it this way if like I don't know how Cincinnati handles it if they're down seventeen three it feels like if they're down seventeen three it's 35 to <laughs> all the 10. Yeah, because yeah. they throw it all out. Yeah, but if it is, if it's, it, it feels like they should just everything they got, everything yeah. they got in the playbook, everything they if, can do. If you win that game, you'll worry about what happens in Indianapolis later. Oh, for crying yeah. out loud. And like, and you're a legend. I mean, you're a yeah. legend. I mean, yeah. you're, you're you playing. what Georgia hasn't yeah. been able to do. Cincinnati beats Alabama in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to feel weird because, you know, it's funny that, you know, TCU, we've talked about TCU in the past, but like TCU was a team that bum rushed and tried to get close to the playoff. Now it wouldn't be surprising for TCU to be playoff because they're in the Big 12. Cincinnati's going to be in the Big 12 in like five, in four yeah. years. And we'll see where everything is. Or but, two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, like Cincinnati is very, like this is, it will feel less weird in 10 years when we look back at seeing mm-hmm. Cincinnati in the playoff because they'll be in the Big 12 and there'll be a different playoff system. It's crazy that they're here and they just got to go nuts. They've got to go nuts. I can't wait. It, it feels like Georgia, Michigan will be, could play well. Could play a little bit like Clemson, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, this game is, feels like it's going to be Mississippi, Arkansas. 
Like it will be like it'll or be Boise State, Oklahoma. Yeah, it'll be wild. Yeah. It'll be wild, and it may end up being a blowout, but it will it will not be uh, a war of attrition, twenty four to seventeen. Like it'll be something. I think it's interesting that Jerome Ford, the Cincinnati running back, transferred from Alabama. You just don't yeah. see that that much. I mean, he, I guess he wouldn't get any playing time. I mean, Alabama sure could use him now. Um, One last thought about yeah. Brian Kelly. The Always. Ultimate, ultimate heel move would have been Ed Orgeron getting hired by Notre Dame and Orgeron doing a South Boston accent. That would have been the ultimate heel move. So, sorry. I would enjoy that. Yeah. All right. You got some trivia for us. I got some stuff. Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to talk about the bowl pickums? I really don't because I'm doing yeah, poorly. I'm doing but so uh, bad. Uh, Seth Johnson was winning, and UGA Carey was second. Uh, that's that's as far as we've gotten. Okay, we'll get. To I don't that. know where we are. Yeah, guys, I I don't have any control over now Central Michigan playing. Washington. Do we get to claim a title like NC State did if they don't play the game? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> By the way, the most baller move so far has been Memphis's coach taking the Hawaii Bowl trophy back to Memphis with him. He was like, you know what? We're taking the trophy. It's our trophy. Also, second place of the bowl season is Easy Post, who is the sponsor of the Hawaii Bowl, <laughs> live tweeting a game that didn't happen. <laughs> Guys, you won't believe it. It's still 0-0 here in the third quarter. Spectacular. Good. That's good social media work. It also, is. let's not forget Illinois was this close to being able to get in the bowl game. Yeah. APR. So who took uh, Texas A&M's Rutgers. Spot? Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah. And it's funny, one of the things that Illinois fans, there's the Illinois Minute, uh, the frustrating thing about that was APR, they haven't done APR in three years. Like, they literally just... I'm sorry, Rutgers is a perfectly fine school. I don't think there's any serious person that thinks Rutgers is actually a better academic school than Illinois is. Like Illinois Certainly is not obvious. Don Imus. Yeah, Illinois is, uh, well, that's, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Um, I mean, like, I have, I lived in New York for 13 years. I have many friends that went to Rutgers. That's, no, none of them ever said that, that's like, New York's Big Ten oh, wow, team. yeah, we went to Rutgers, that high place of high, like, Rutgers barely got into the Big Ten on. Yeah, Rutgers people are like, my sister went to Cornell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but but because APR was, was done three years ago and they haven't really updated it then. And Rutgers beat Illinois this year, so it was hard to make any sort of argument. Yeah. But it would have been fun. I, the, I had that brief dream of watching Illinois play Wake Forest at 11 in the morning on New Year's, oh, on New Year's Eve right before all the playoff games. That would have been, that super, been amazing. super, super, super fun. So Georgia's playing in the Orange Bowl. Can you tell me how long it's been since Georgia played in the Orange Bowl? Uh, it has been... 51 years? Is Mm-mm. that right? Mm-mm. 16. 61. 61. Or 62. Oh, I had it backwards. I had yeah. It. yeah. Dyslexia. <laughs> um, 61 or 62, depending on, you know, it's New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. You know, it's within a day, like a 364. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. something like that. It's kind of in the middle. Oh, no, that's mm-hmm. right. I was trying to remember the Jake Scott thing. Jake Scott wanted to go to the Orange Bowl. Jake Scott and the team leaders wanted to go to the Orange Bowl, but Dooley had already agreed to go to the Cotton Bowl. In '69, maybe. Okay. Whenever it was, Jake Scott played at Georgia. So. Well, it was before '72 because he was on that Dolphins team. Yes, it definitely so, was before '72. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they Georgia beat Missouri 14 nothing. Good SEC game down in the Orange Bowl in 1960. Previously, they had played twice in the Orange Bowl. The first time in 1942, where Georgia beat TCU 40 to 26, and then in 1949, Texas beat Georgia 41. To 28. Um, the interesting thing in the 1960 Orange Bowl, the one they beat Missouri in, it was uh, Fran Tarkenton's last game. He threw for two touchdowns. Think about it. Uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback was 9 of 16 for 131 yards with two touchdowns, and he was heralded as being the, br- the, uh, the brilliant game. Yeah, different different game. Different, just yeah. throwing that ball around. Yeah. And it was Wally Butts' last game. Oh. Was that, was it, did Dooley come in after Butts in 61? 
I no, guess he. Um, Hudula didn't come to '64. Who was? No, Butch, Butch coached to '64. Oh, he did. I thought I it was so. his, well. According to wherever I got that information, um, it was his last game. Uh, the Orange Bowl has been played since 1932, which is when a lot of the major bowls, the old, the old bowls, the granddaddies, uh, have been played. Um, Georgia, like I said, has a two and one, two and one, two and one record. When was the first year it was not played on January 1st or 2nd? Because oh, okay. historically, since 1935, it had been on the 1st or the 2nd, depending on if that were a Saturday or Sunday, not to impact NFL. I'm going to say 41. It was 1996. Oh, okay. So historically speaking, and this is where I was going with this, historically speaking, this was a January 1st bowl game. It's not a January 1st bowl game this year. And from night, uh, from 2014... To 2019, it was a December game, and then it went back to January. And so this will be the third time ever that two Orange Bowls have been played in one calendar year. Oh. It happened in 1996, which was the first time it was a December game. 2014 and this year, 2021. Um, because Texas A&M beat North Carolina 41-27 way back in January of this year, on January 2nd. 2021, and there were 13,737 in attendance. And for the longest time, this was the first of the major bowls to kick off every day. It was it always kicked off at 11. It always kicked off at the same time as the was the Outback Bowl. Mm-hmm. Always kicked off at 11 mm-hmm. or Citrus Bowl, whichever of those two. Um, Outback was 11. Citrus was like noon, one o'clock. Yeah, and then but the Orange Bowl always kicked off the to kick off the four major bowls that happened. So they would do you would do or three major bowls. You'd do. Yeah, 11 o'clock, and then Rose Bowl at 2.30 or whatever, and then it would go to Sugar, and would always be the nightcap. So. Yeah. And, and as I looked forward, and I guess they're, they're planned out for the next five years, all future games for the Orange Bowl are slated for late December. So, are there any? Is this the last time they're doing the playoff games on New Year's Eve for a while? No idea. Mm-mm. I think, I I no think idea. coming up, they're like the 28th or 29th, yeah. or 30th. It's... I, I'm old now, so it doesn't matter to me when the games are played as as long as as long as they're at a time when I can travel to them. Yeah, um, yeah but it feels like at a certain level, like I don't know. I mean, I I, I got kids and they're going to be excited to like I'm letting them stay up. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the first time they're probably going to make it to midnight. We'll see. when is not sure he's going to make it. He's like football as much as Yeah. Also um, sleep. Yeah, but certainly I don't know. It still feels weird. Like New Year's Eve and the college football playoff. Are two they should big be two separate things. things. Yeah. They should be separate things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it, it, it kicks off at 7.30. So if there's a lot of commercials or if it goes in overtime, oh, it there's, could there's, end This absolutely time. could go into... Like oh. you can finish this game and be like, you, I think you're celebrating New Year's Eve inside that stadium. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting to the hotel before 2 o'clock. Oh, no, no chance. Way, no way. No way. No Yeah. Even if the game ends on, on time, right. it's going to be a show getting out of there. I think that you will celebrate New Year's Eve inside that stadium. Oh, I think it's possible. Yeah. I'm celebrating. Might, the game might not be going on, but it might be like 20 minutes <laughs> until the game, yeah. until yeah. midnight. So you might just go ahead and stay. I'll be out. I was going to say, you'd be, you're, you're going to be yelling at Michigan fans as you walk out of the it's stadium. Too bad there's not stripper poles there. <laughs> um, all right. So last uh, question. So for the Orange Bowl being played since 1935, what are the most appearances by conference? So what conference holds the most appearances in the Orange Bowl? And 
I'll go ahead and tell you the SEC is second. Really? Yes. That would have not been. I think okay. the they've had, they've had 37 the appearances. I the think SEC it's the has. Big 12. The Big 12. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. Or, and I'm counting the Big 8. Okay. Well, the Big, <laughs> eight, the Big 8 has the most appearances at 42. Yeah. SEC, 37. ACC is third. Big 10 is fifth. Oh, okay. They've only had nine appearances. Oh, I'm very wrong. Because I guess they're more tied into the Rose Bowl and maybe the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. And, and, and kind of like the SEC's more in line with the Sugar well, Bowl. For the longest time, the, the, the Big 8 and then the Big 12 had – that was their tie-in. So. Yeah, so it's Big 8 with 42, SEC 37, Independence, including Notre Dame and Navy. and Penn, you go, if Penn you go, State, Florida State. Well, if you go way back into the 30s and 40s, there's teams like Old Dominion and yeah. others. The Santa Clara played yeah. in this bowl huh. game. Um, ACC is fourth all-time at 27 appearances. Big 10 is nine. The Big East and Southwest Conference are tied with eight appearances each. Big 12 has seven, and the Pac-12... One. Four. Okay. I couldn't tell you what teams because I didn't look that far. Yeah. Did maybe Alabama beat Washington there? Or no. No, that was a that was a I feel like it was a sugar bowl. I checked that was a peach bowl. That was yeah. Atlanta. And I checked that Illinois has not played in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. We played in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yes. We played in the Rose Bowl. Yes. And we've played yes. we've not played in the Fiesta Bowl. But we've played in the Sugar Bowl, but obviously played in the Rose Bowl. So um this final bit has to uh, I figured we would honor a legend who passed yesterday, John Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in honor of John Madden... Can I, can I tell my John Madden yeah, story before, before we start? <laughs> so I Madden used to live on the Upper West Side uh, before, right uh, about uh, in 2004 and 2005, I lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and that was where John Madden lived. And I had a diner that I used to always love to go to, and he was always there, hmm. sitting there by himself, reading the newspaper, drinking a coffee... And the and the no, actually he was reading the newspaper or he was, he, I saw him reading the New Yorker a lot mm-hmm. like John Madden <coughs> like had a master's degree in education like yeah. he is it is difficult to overstate how interesting of a guy that John Madden is like people don't realize like what the reason he didn't fly was because like he was close to the, the Marshall team and yeah. like, he was always very nerd like he. He uh, uh, he loved. He, not only the, the reason players loved him because he was like, I know this is football. I know you're all like Lombardi, but like that's not what we do here. I want you to be awesome. I want you to be yourselves. I want you like like he was. He was a players' coach in a way that I think most coaches in the NFL aren't now are incapable. Of yeah, being now and he is. He was. Like I, I saw a lot of hot takes yesterday on whenever someone that's as famous as known as Madden. But the thing that was really interesting about him, every time I would see him, he's just like a quiet. Like he looked like every other old person on the Upper West Side. He was he was always wearing glasses. He was always reading. He was not bombastic. He was quiet and very reserved in a way that made you want to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. You know, not he wasn't like like when Dick Vitale walks in a room. <laughs> it's Dick Vitale. Madden was not like that. He was quiet and thoughtful and and almost like like cerebral, even professorial, in a way that is very different than his public persona. And I found made me find him even more interesting and more impressive. There are there are like Dick Vitale, I hope he lives to be 150. But like when Dick Vitale, if he were to ever die, they'll be like, Yeah, that's Dick Vitale. And Dick Vitale was the same way on screen as he was off screen. And I think not that Madden was being fake, but I think that like he was a thoughtful renaissance well-rounded person in a sport that doesn't value that 
And uh, I think it's one of the reasons he got out of coaching, to be honest. I think. Oh, like, absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. And so uh, uh, I was, I know that I was actually really impressed, almost even a little surprised at how huge the reaction was to John Madden dying. Really? Like, it was oh. like, I, like, it did not surprise me at all. I certainly thought it would be big, but like, like there were people that don't have any thoughts about football at all that like felt like they had to, it was like a David, like reminded me a little bit of when David Bowie died. Mm-hmm. Like, like obviously very different people, but like when David Bowie died, everyone, everyone had a thought and everyone had a take and everyone had a thing. I had not realized that John Madden was that universal of a figure that it felt like when David Bowie died. And again, obviously different context different circumstances but uh, but it, it was it was it reminded me of when david bowie died and uh, i thought it was really interesting yeah i mentioned it to my kids today and of course i asked them i was like how do you when i say the word john yeah. madden what do you think of and they said the video of course as, as, they, as, they, as they should, they should. Yeah, and then, right. so i asked them i was like well, do you know what he was famous for initially and they were like no and they kind of walker said something like you know he was a coach and I, you know so we went down that road and finally after about five minutes of explaining what it was like growing up listening to him as a color analyst uh, with Pat Summerall, I pulled up a two or three minute clip from a Thanksgiving game where he was talking about the turducken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were in stitches. It was uh, not Frank Caliendo yeah, doing it, it was uh, John Madden doing it. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it just, sh- it just shows you what we lost with how, and we were lucky being kids in the 80s and early 90s watching him. You know, my, favorite be the guy. Thing, my favorite thing that he did. <laughs> He would always do the all Madden show the week between the Super Bowl and the conference championship games. Uh And the access that he got, like every player was like, I'm on the all Madden team. This is so awesome. It was like a huge deal. It was a huge deal to be on there. And there's this great video. I encourage you all to find it of of, uh, Jim McMahon with the Super Bowl Shuffle Bears talking to Summerall and and Madden for the all Madden show. And it's so crazy because remember this is when like he was wearing Roselle uh, headbands and he was like a big rebellious character and to watch him and Madden loves him. Like he's not like a John Smoltz, for example, now who's like these young players. I don't like them. Like Madden is just like in high heaven, being like this guy is amazing. Look how look how goofy and weird (laughs) he is. And Madden loved every single minute. He was a absolute joyous human being because I think he was just super super smart. And I think that like that has always been kind of underappreciated about him. So uh, to honor him on this podcast, uh, and since he is. Uh, has been famous and, and continued to be famous uh, because of the video games. What I did was I looked through. They've been making a Madden uh, EA Sports video game since 1990. So what I what I wanted to ask you for the for the Madden football games, just Who's see how many cover? see how many covers you can name. <laughs> I love it. How many players that have been on covers. the covers? I wrote down all the players on all the covers up until even Madden 22. Okay. So right. just, let's just see how many you can oh, wow. get. Okay, let's go. let's go. I'll start. Okay, Tom Brady. Yes. Michael- uh, I'll, I'll tell you when. 2018, and he shares the cover for 2022. With, with, with the other guy. Okay. If you don't Michael say Vick. Michael Vick was on it in the 04 game. Patrick Mahomes. He's the other person that was on the game this year. Patrick Mahomes is 22, and he was also the Madden 20 okay. by himself. Um, uh, nah, nah. Um, Russell Wilson. No. 
Yeah. There has been a couple Seahawks, but yeah. not okay. Russell Wilson. Uh, I was going to say Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was on it recently. Oh, 2014, after he'd retired. I would like to note, by the way, that the Madden game is so old mm-hmm. that I once played with O.J. Simpson. Because <laughs> he obviously was not there at the time, but they had a Legends mode. Mm-hmm. And there was a time, a stretch where you could like play as... Playing, I yeah. played as OJ, and he was amazing. He was yeah. like the best running back of all time. He was like Barry Sanders, but huge. So, yes, he was awesome, other than the whole double murder thing. Tony's thinking. Um, Though I've already won, to be as clear as possible. What's that? I've already won. Just to, yeah, just I know. To um, put it on the big board. Think, so I'm not great. I'm not, about, okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm not great. Can, with, can, can I'm I try something? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Let's see if I can start naming some. Let's okay. see if I can start doing uh, Okay, so Brett Favre. Correct. Oh, uh, yeah. 09. Um, Rogers. Uh, Rod- I, I don't Aaron, think Rogers have been on. Rogers yeah, I don't think Rogers have been really? on. Um, but um, I would say it's really a lot of running backs. They were really into running backs for like a long time. Yeah, I'm trying I think to Reggie remember. White was on the cover one year. Nope. Damn. I'm trying to okay. remember who's on the cover of the one I had in law school, which would have been the second year, first year, second year of Madden. Well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because from 1990 to 2000, John Madden was on the cover. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. It didn't right. start till 01. Okay. Okay. So let's go with. Uh, let's be fun. This will be a fun game. Okay, let's see. Oh, who would have been the first one at 01? Because Vic was 03. I'll give you a hint. He played for the Titans. Steve McNair. Steve McNair was not on it. Eddie George. Eddie George was okay, the first Eddie, cover. Yeah, okay, give me the next. Yeah, that, that's. Let's okay, go yeah. Yeah. 02, yeah, let's 02 Vikings. Uh, Culpepper. Oh, yeah. Culpepper. 03 Rams. Kurt Warner. No, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. Uh, we got Michael Vick, 04. Nice. 05, Ravens. Uh, Ray nice. Lewis. Ray Lewis. Lewis. That's post-murder, oh, by the way. <laughs> right? Um, 06, Allegedly. 06, Eagles. Um, Eagles, Vick. No, 06, uh, Eagles. Quarterback, but not Vick. No, Randall Cunningham. Matt Cunningham. No, no who's a quarterback in 06? Um, what am I f- I oh, Don McNabb. Donovan McNabb. Oh, McNabb. Yeah, okay. okay, so here's one that might throw you off. 07, Seahawks. Uh, Alexander. Sean Alexander. Yep. Nice. Oh eight. Here's another one that you I, I wouldn't have gotten. Oh eight. Titans. It's not McNair. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a defensive player. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's not Hasselbeck, is it? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a quarterback. Who is for the Titans? Who was a quarterback in eight in eight? <laughs> Where do you play college? Texas. Oh, Vince Young. Vince Young was yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the cover. Wow. Yeah, the, the curse got him, I guess. Um, in 2010, it was a dual cover, along with the only other dual cover was this past year. But in 2010, there were two guys. There was a Steelers and a Cardinals. Roethlisberger. Uh, Roethlisberger. Nope. Uh, okay, well, Fitzgerald. Oh. Fitzgerald and the Cardinals. Uh, Palomalu. Palomalu. Yeah. Yep. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, 2011, Saints. Breeze. Yeah. Drew Breeze. All right, you're, you're not going to get this one. Okay. Um, 2012 Browns. Joe Thomas. No running back uh, or cornerback or offensive player in the backfield. Yeah, running back is. It's oh, a loose, um, it's a loose term because he was not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not Jim Brown, is it? No, it's not like, no. like a throwback. I'll give you a hint. He went to Arkansas. Darren McFadden. No. When McFadden? Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't know. Peyton Hillis. Oh. Hillis. Remember when he had a flash in the pan and he was like the dominant running back? Oh. He's like a fullback running back. They wanted white, but they wanted a white guy yeah. that cover real bad. Peyton Hillis was the 12 
uh, cover. All right, uh, so 13 Lions. Yeah, you know, I feel like Peyton Hills may have been like a fan vote. Like, I'm starting maybe, to remember that now. Maybe. That may have been like an online fan vote sort of thing. Okay, 13. Thir- 13 Lions? No. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Oh, yeah. 14 was Barry Sanders. Uh, 15 Seahawks. Oh, um... Defensive player, yeah, yeah defensive um, back, quarterback, uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, the guy that went to Stanford. Yeah, I'm about uh, Richard, 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 uh, Richard something, Richard uh, Sherman, Sherman. Thank you, Richard Sherman. Uh, Sixteen Giants, Eli, no, running back, straight hand, went to LSU. Uh, Odell, Odell, oh, yeah. seventeen Patriots, not Brady. Brady was eighteen. Gronk, Gronk, nineteen Steelers, not Roethlisberger, Connor. No, no. See, uh, um, oh, um, think about it. Wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, he's now in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, oh, Brown. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. And then, That's uh, one they might want to take back. <laughs> 20 was Mahomes. And then the last one that we haven't covered is uh, 21 Ravens. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. So, yeah. yeah that was a fun game. That's fun. That's fun. I am not, I'm not, I'm, the only reason I pay any attention to the NFL other than passing interest is because of the Fantasy Football League. Yeah. So, and I'm in the concert, I'm in the yeah, fourth, yeah, fourth, right, fourth place right. game. So, can you Rough name year, me? by the way, for the not since 1995. Yeah. Things. So, can you name me? <laughs> just gonna pass right based, based on that, I then went and looked at NCAA football covers because eventually it's going to be coming oh, back. God. It ran from 1997 to 2014. Can you tell me the two players that have been on the cover of the NCAA game and Madden? Uh, ben Schoen. Nope. Really? Okay. Barry Sanders. Nope. Let's see, 93 to okay. Michael Vick. No. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's been, it was Larry Fitzgerald. Hmm. Okay. From Pitt. And Sean Alexander. Oh, from really? Alabama. So yeah, there's some there's some crazy names on the NCAA football covers. Because it was remember it was always the year after they graduated. Because mm-hmm, yeah. then oh, they yeah. could do it. Could yeah. Do it yeah. And uh, there was there's one mascot that was on it, and that was Sparty. Really? Uh, in 09 for that would have been my pick. Who was the last who was the last person ever to be on the cover? Good question. Remember uh, Shoelace for Michigan? Remember that his nickname was Shoelace, the no. quarterback, Denard Robinson. Oh, from Michigan, right? From Michigan yeah, yeah, yeah. was the wow. 14. In fact, he was the one that I recognize the most because that's the one that keeps coming up when people say, bring it back. They show the 14 uh, edition. You know, Tim Tebow was on it. Um, Never Dar- a Georgia guy, right? No, nope. Darren Georgia. McFadden. Jared Zabransky from Boise State yeah. was on it. I guess it was after his... Uh, Proposal and all that. Yeah. Well, no, he, that was a... Pro- that was, was Ian a, yeah, Johnson. Was Ian Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was the one yeah. that did the Statue of Liberty. Um Desmond Howard was on it. Chris Winkie, Joey Harrington. Remember Joey Heisman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first one ever was 1997, Tommy Frazier oh, yeah. from Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. That's how long ago that game yeah. was. Nebraska could have a guy on the cover. Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right, that was fun. That was good. That, that may be, and I think we are probably only a couple years away from that game. Or two. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. So. Before we do Alabama, let's do quickly through the Fiesta um, okay. Sugar. Fiesta Bowl is Oklahoma State. Uh, Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame is going to whip that ass. I think Notre Dame is a is. They're very excited about their new coach. This feels yeah. This feels like a little bit of a false thing because like you know, doesn't Notre Dame start next season with Ohio State? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. and so I they, feel like you know who they don't play Cincinnati. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be super hyped after they win this game. And, and and listen, I'm excited. Their new coach, they are very, they're very excited about the new coach. Yeah, ordinarily and with a new coach in a game like this, I'm yeah, picking they love him. I'm they not love going him. to. He's, I pick yeah. Notre Dame. In I'm, the, picking, I'm picking Notre Dame as well. Yeah. So yeah. Sugar Bowl is um, 
our friend Lane and the Baylor Bears yeah. uh, SEC West matchup there with coaches. I'm, t- I'm taking our friend Lane. Yeah, I yeah. think so. That also, game, we're, t- we're filming. The, we're taping this the night of Oregon, Oklahoma. Yeah, yep. uh, I am taking uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, um, yeah, give him Mississippi. The granddad of all guys. Did, you, did you see that they just hired uh, Charlie Weiss Jr.? Who? Ole Miss. Why? Offensive assistant or Does he have Kevin's pictures have something or something? To drink with. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin drinks by himself, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So the Rose Bowl. Yes. Who's playing Utah, in Ohio Oregon State? State. Or, or Ohio, State, Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State, Utah. Yeah. I think Utah's going to whip U- them. Sh- who? Utah's been. Whip I'm, them. I mean, I'm going to. Manhandle them. They've never been there before. I'm going to say Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. So. Are there any more? We've got the Cotton Bowl. What about the Gator or the the Gator Bowl or the yeah, Outback Bowl? Do we need to do, we don't Wake need to do Forest Rutgers? I don't yeah. think if we're Illinois playing this game, we're picking How, it. But well, I don't think not A and M. I'd like thirty seconds on your thoughts on the Gasparilla Bowl when Central Florida beat Florida. <laughs> oh boy, gosh, this gets called hunting over bait. Um, I had the the resident Florida fan would tell you the game didn't matter. Um, <laughs> let me tell you why it mattered. First off. One, Gustavo Malzahn is the coach at Central Florida. Second off, Florida refused, still refused to play Central Florida, even a two-for-one. Three, Florida lost a bowl game and finished with a losing record. So I think this is um, – if you believe in a God, I think this is God speaking his peace towards Florida. I like that. I like that. Um, I'll do 30 seconds before we do the game. Are we all going straight into Notre Dame? I mean, uh, Cincinnati, Alabama after this? Oh, yeah. We sure. Then I feel like I, I, uh, I'm tonight I will be going to, uh, after we leave this, I'm going to see Georgia Gardner-Webb. Yeah. It's a bad spot, guys. I got to say, that Memphis game, we may have seen the last good moment, uh, fun moment, which we all there. I hope we put up, please put up the gif of uh, us. Oh, that was of, so good. No, 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 no I, watched, I watched Georgia beat Western Carolina. Yeah, barely. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's a bad situation over there right now, and I think the SEC is going to be super, super, super rough. It's I mean, th- listen, like the, one or two games. The rough. reason that Tom Winning, Green is yeah. the coach of the team right now is because the buyout falls from seven point five million to three point five million oh. once the season is over. That is the only reason he is a coach, and I think he knows it. And it, as someone that is that liked the hire and was imp- and is generally empathetic toward Green and the situation, because there's been a lot. He's had to deal with. There's a lot that everyone's had to deal with. That team is not only not talented; they have no plan. Like they, I don't know what they're doing. It's hard to watch them. And like it's, it's not like it's like oh man, Crean has a system, but he doesn't have the players. I don't know what he's trying to run, and it's it's not a good situation. It's, and, it's not even they're not talented. They look badly coached. They don't yeah, play well together. I don't know it's, what their identity. Are they, they, they a three point yeah. team? Or are they a, like, they're a huge, huge mess. They've had this four game. If you've seen, if you've been around campus at all, there are these signs saying, Hey, $5 tickets for your family for these four home games that have had in a row against East Tennessee state, Western, Western, Western Carolina, Gardner George Webb. Mason, Gardner and now Gardner Webb. If they lose night, they're favored. Ken Pump has Georgia favored by four at home against Gardner Webb, if they were to lose this game, that five dollar ticket against all three mid to low major teams, they will have gone one and three at home during the stretch. Very, very bad. They have Texas A&M at home on Tuesday to start the mm. SEC season. This is well, I've, I've I've had season tickets for Georgia since I moved here. I go to all the games. I, I can't wait. To, I'm going to have a great time tonight. I love going to these games. This is probably the worst Georgia team I've seen since I've gotten here. Oh, it definitely is. And, it's the worst uh, Georgia team I've seen yeah, since it's, it's, I've been a fan. It's really, really bad. It's, they're not great. So, 
Okay, but let's talk about happy it's sad. Like it's sad. So Cincinnati, Alabama. Okay, so uh, there's an entire world out there where Cincinnati catches lightning in a bottle and catches Alabama. Uh, the Alabama that Florida played, Alabama that Auburn played. And if that happens, Cincinnati wins this game and probably isn't close. Um, because Cincinnati is a very, very good football team. Do not look at the name. Do not look at the whatever it is you're looking at and thinking like, oh, Cincinnati, it's just like AAC team. Blah, blah, blah. This is this is what Boise State was trying to become. Mm-hmm. This they've lost one game in two years, and yeah, it was the Georgia game. It was. It was. <laughs> and they, they should have won that game. They beat Notre Dame on the road this year, and they beat them. It wasn't a hey. If anything, Notre Dame made like a fake rally late. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a, hey, y'all were lucky to gather with win, yeah. which is the way you – it's, it's not maybe not the most charitable way, but is an accurate way you can describe Georgia's win in 17 against Notre Dame. Um, however, um, Nick Saban makes a ton of money and has won a lot of championships coaching in games like this. This is not the Utah game. This is not the Utah Sugar Bowl game. Alabama's going to win this game. But this game also could be nutty early. And if you're near a TV, you should watch it. If this feels like a game that you get really excited heading into halftime. Maybe Cincinnati's got the lead or they're close. And then Alabama does the Alabama thing. And I, I, want to, I can't wait. I'm so excited for Cincinnati. I will be rooting very hard for Cincinnati, but uh, it does feel like uh, you get excited, you get excited, you get excited, and then Alabama starts to put their yep. neck on them, and I feel like that's what happens. That's why I got so nervous when Alabama deferred against Georgia uh, in the SEC because they pulled off the 14-point swing. Yeah. Um, they know what they're doing. That could there. happen. If they, <laughs> yeah, if they get the ball to start the second half, look out, Cincinnati. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, so uh, I'll go ahead and start for the Orange Bowl. Um you know, Georgia and Michigan have played twice. It's been a while. Um, I think it was 65 was the last time they played. They, they, Georgia won, I think, 15-7. to seven. They were shut out uh, previously um, in their previous matchup in 57 uh, to Michigan. So uh, I love the fact that Georgia's finally playing Michigan in my lifetime. It's one of those blue bloods that, you know, you only see on TV. And I'm still going to see them on TV. I'm jealous of Tony and all of y'all who are going to actually be able to see the maize and blue in person and don't don't misconstrue my thoughts of that I'm like awestruck but it's just cool to see when Georgia plays in Notre Dame and maybe in Ohio State sometime soon I was I thought it was awesome when they played Texas uh, again but um you know we Tony did a really good deep dive earlier in this episode on what Michigan's going to want to do and if you've watched Michigan and they're on a lot at noon uh throughout the season and I've seen a lot of Michigan and Hutchett's Aiden Hutchison is the real deal. I think he will pose problems, but I just have a lot of faith in the offensive line and what Tony said about putting Washington or Bowers or even Fitzpatrick over there to kind of uh, chip on him to, to slow it down. I'd like, I'd like to see, and I think you will see a lot, of, a lot more of James Cook. I think he has been truly a late bloomer. I think he will ravage the NFL for whatever team he plays for. I think he's going to be a star. Uh, if Munkin can use him correctly in this game and then uh, with the wheel routes or, or even running up the middle uh, with Cook, I think he's going to be one to watch 
that's going to open up our uh, track star uh, tight end who can outrun the Georgia Tech secondary, uh, Brock Bowers. He caught all the passes in the SEC championship game. I'd expect him to catch more. Uh, and then throw in a dose of uh, McIntosh and Zeus and McConkie. Um, as, as long as Georgia doesn't make mistakes, meaning like mistakes in coverage, blown coverages like they did against Jamison Williams uh, against Alabama um, and, and, and Mechie, and as long as they don't make mistakes by you know turnovers and, and throwing arm punts by by Bennett, uh, they're going to be okay because Georgia will control the pace of this game if they allow themselves to. So, having said all that, I like Georgia to win. I think Podlesny is going to hit a couple of key field goals. Georgia wins the game, thirty-one to twenty-one. Yeah. Listen, what Michigan wants to do is what they did against Ohio State. That's how that's how they're going to play. That's they, I mean, it's proven. Like that's what that's that's how they're going to win games. And I, Ohio State is a good team. I think the Ohio State was the team I was most nervous about. Frankly, if Georgia were to have beaten Alabama and uh, then facing the playoff, they were the one I was most nervous about if they had made it that far, which they didn't. But if you if Michigan is able to run on Georgia the way that they ran in Ohio State, then, hey, you earned it. <laughs> like, you earned it. That, that if, if they're able to do that, then they will win. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. And uh, that's, it would be different if we just watched Alabama beat Georgia that way, but that's not how they beat them. And I don't think Michigan can beat Georgia the way that Alabama beat Georgia. And so Michigan's going to have to beat Georgia the way that they like to beat people, I don't think they'll be able to. So I am taking Georgia in this game I will say Georgia 27, um, Michigan 14. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty close to where Will is. There, uh, there are a couple of good analogies to what Georgia-Michigan probably would look like. The first one is Georgia-Clemson. Um, two good defenses uh, with offenses that are fine, not great. Uh, I think the difference is, is that um, Clemson's offense had no idea what they were then, and Georgia's offense at the time was probably super conservative because we were just trying to like, okay, once once we once we got a seven point lead, we're like, all right, we just win this game. Um, the the second analogy is Michigan Penn State, which was a twenty one seventeen win on the road for Michigan. And if you recall that game, that was a game that was um, never really felt particularly close. Uh, Michigan won, which Michigan was up. 21-10 until the last couple of minutes, and, and Penn State scored a touchdown. Um, I think what Mocken's going to do offensively is do a ton of two tight end sets. Uh, you're going to take a few shots with, with Pickens doing 50-50 balls. You do that two times, and he wins both of those. That's a game changer. Um, you do it one time, it's probably a game changer uh, because both of these coaches would love to win this football game 14-10, right? I think both of them would be perfectly fine with that and feel like they've done something. And frankly, I would too as long as Georgia's on the winning side. <laughs> uh, I, however, I think Georgia, because uh, we will get some pressure on McNamara, who has been really good under pressure, uh, and I also think after the Alabama game, Munkin realizes that we can't just let – 
you, we're not in a position where we just put the game on Stetson's back if we have to. They're going to do some things with his legs they have been unwilling to do. They're going to look at some of the playbook he ran at Jones Community College in Pierce County, for that matter, where they mm-hmm. let him run the ball more. More designed quarterback runs, especially if Daniels is there and ready to play. Uh, don't be surprised if Stetson gets five, six, seven rushes for 50, 60, 70 yards. Um, if that's the case, and I, obviously I think it is, Georgia wins this game uh, 27-16. Question for y'all. Do we see JT Daniels take a snap in the game? My prediction is no. I, I'm going to say no My prediction is well. no, but if we get a big lead, yeah. yeah. But, or yeah. if they fall behind the line. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> this, this game, look, if this game is 31-17 like it was in the end of the third quarter against uh, Alabama, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Daniel plays. Without question. Yeah. But if that happens, yeah. there. I think so. There, there's a red alarm fire. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> in so. Every possible. And, and look, we, everybody's like, well, he threw those two, Sesson threw those two interceptions. It was 31 17 before he threw an interception, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, we were down. We were behind. He was forcing it. I don't think he does that in this game. Yeah. If he has to. I don't think to, he has to. If he has to, they'll make Daniels do it. Yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. All right, guys. Well, it was great so, to be back with you all. So we're do a follow up on on Sunday. Yeah, we'll do, uh, we'll do a post game at some point on, on yeah on, on Sunday. It's Sunday, fine. Does that work for y'all? Yeah, obviously, we listeners, does that yeah, yeah, work yeah, for yeah, y'all? We'll do a call. We'll do a call. And uh, and then when we get off this call, we'll schedule uh, our whatever's our, next. Our whatever's our next national championship. Yes, even preview. if it's not Georgia, I think we should still at least meet to talk about what happened. Yeah, uh, when that happens. Yeah, so I think that's right. Mm. Otherwise, uh, safe travels to you, Tony, Thank you. and Thank to you. everybody else Looking that's going. Have a great time. I will be watching this in. And I, uh, uh, it's gonna be a good time. We have the pool heated up. Mm. It's gonna be, some, it's gonna be good. It's I'm gonna, gonna be get some fantastic experience. Cuban food. Yeah. Man, oh yeah, I'll make it happen. It's gonna be good stuff. Um, all right, everyone. Well, be safe out there. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, hey, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening to our show. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can always do that. It's at WSLS Podcast on Twitter. Same thing, same handle, actually, on Instagram as well. Good luck to all you road dogs traveling down to Fort Lauderdale, Miami, whatever you want to call it, this coming uh, weekend. I was going to say weekend. It's like two days. or like It's actually today if you're listening to this podcast uh, right now. If, it's, if you're listening on Sunday, well, then, you know, sorry we ruined the ending for you. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, have a safe trip and uh, we'll see you on campus sometime soon. And as always, go dogs. I should say that better. Go dogs. <laughs>